streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount+, Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. A little bit of a... Monday morning podcast to recap, not necessarily the weekend, more so recap a very eventful Saturday that included a basketball commitment, uh, the spring game, if you want to call it that, um, more more just a practice. Um, and even at that, it was very limited because of the weather, but we'll talk about that. Um, and then a lot of recruiting news because even with the poor weather, there was still a great recruiting turnout. Um, obviously, there was a loaded list, and we talked about that before the game. For the most part, a lot of those guys showed up. A lot of the main guys you'd like to see there showed up. You know, KJ Bolden showed up. Perry Thompson showed up. Cam Coleman showed up. Walker White was there doing work. All those guys showed up, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but I think the way we're going to break it down today is we're going to go in kind of chronological order um, based on how the day went. So just a little bit before A-Day got started, like 15 minutes before A-Day got started, um, Auburn basketball got some some fantastic news in the transfer portal picking up a commitment from Florida International Transfer Denver Jones. He's originally from the Huntsville area. Um, and Jason, he brings something to the Auburn basketball roster that they've been missing um, in a couple of different areas and something that's much needed for this upcoming season. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, you know, a guy that, that brings you know, <clears throat> a little bit more size to the guard position. Um, <clears throat> listed at 6'4". I don't know if he's quite that big, but he's he definitely a bigger body for sure. He probably a, you know a legit six three guy, um, but you know wingspan, uh, physical guard, um, mature, and so that's the first thing he brings. Uh, so from defensive on the defensive end, he's a guy that gives you a better opportunity to match up with some of the teams that you have to play. Um, the biggest thing he brings is scoring. It's a guy that can score the basketball. You can shoot it. Uh, you can also get to the rim and do some things in that intermediate game too. That and and so he's a guy that they haven't had in a while. I, I think back to. You know some of the guys <clears throat> that they had in this run, and and you know, um, you know he's he's the kind of guy that that they've been missing the last couple of years, I believe. So, um, really good addition. You get a kid that's from the state of Alabama, like you said, played at Buckhorn High School uh, before going off to prep school, and then you know he's had a, a roundabout you know kind of way to get to Auburn. So he's seen a lot of different things, but he's he's mature, experienced, and um, this is a guy that that absolutely is an immediate help for Auburn basketball, uh, you know, officially signed RDN, which is a big deal. And so, you know, for them, it's the first step in a portal period that, you know, they're going to need some serious help with, um, you know, maybe another similar type player would be big for them. Um, probably, um, you know, forward rebounder and, and then maybe another big guy. So, I mean, they're looking at, at bringing in some, some additional help in addition to, to Denver in this class. Yeah, you could still realistically bring in like three to four more guys, depending on you know what happens with Alan Flanagan. Um, kind of seems like Janai Broom and Jalen Williams will be back, but you don't know that for certain um, as well. Dylan Cardwell's status uncertain. Um, obviously, we've seen Auburn contact that transfer center from Marshall, whose name I'm not going to try and pronounce, uh, but his first name is Micah. I can give you that one. Um, and then you know you mentioned maybe another scoring guard, Quincy Olivari, um, is a name to keep an eye out there. He already has a visit scheduled. 
I believe for April 19th through the 21st, um, transferring in from Rice. But Jason, I think you brought up two really great points, and it's two things that obviously the, the main thing that jumps out about Denver Jones to everybody is the scoring. For the past couple of years now, when you look at Auburn basketball's roster, it's been a situation of they can't shoot the basketball at a high rate, um, and you know they can't. You can't win games when you're shooting poorly. That's <laughs> bottom line. Um, it's very very difficult. Um, Denver Jones averaged over 20 points a game at FIU, shot around 37 percent from three. That's you know that's specifically what Auburn has really needed that three point shooting. But I'm really glad you brought up his height as well. You know, Zeb Jasper was obviously a fantastic defensive player. That's really what he brought you um, over the past couple of years. But when, you know, this past season in 2023, when you started him there at shooting guard alongside Wendell Green, you had two really small guards out there on the floor at the same time. Um, and, you know, Denver Jones might not be, I'm not going to say might not be, he's not as talented of a defender as Zeb Jasper is um, because that's kind of Zeb Jasper's whole deal. But you sacrifice maybe a little bit of that defensive skill for four to five inches of height, um, which you know we saw it a couple of times this year, Jason. We saw bigger guards attacking Auburn's guards, and they couldn't keep up. You can get away with one smaller guard. They're at the point guard position, but two smaller guards, that recipe, um, it kind of cooked Auburn a few times. So Denver Jones, big pickup for Auburn basketball. He visited, arrived for his visit on Thursday. Um, before he could even leave, you know, Alabama was interested in him. Memphis was another school that I'd seen mentioned. Um, but before he could leave, Bruce Pearl and Stephen Pearl pick him up. Absolutely. You, you look at the thing that stands out, too, is you, you talk about his, his his average. He only had two games or one in double figures. That's the key. This was consistency. And there's a lot of 20-point games mixed in. And you look up, you know, he had, he had you know, 19 against NC State earlier in the year. Um He's a guy that can, can get to the free throw line, do some things. Um, we just saw what Florida Atlantic did. He had 25 against them, um, had 22 against UAB in a meeting and 29 in another meeting against UAB. Um, and, and, you know, had 30 and 25 down the stretch for them in their last couple of games. And so you look up and, you know, the things he did in scoring the basketball, um, the ability to to do it. And here's the thing. He played 33 minutes, um, you know, and, and – you know, yeah, that's it's not a ton. It's not forty minutes, but thirty-three minutes average twenty points a game, two point one assist, um, and and this guy that you know rebound a little bit, do some things there, um, but still, so I mean, all around a, a really good basketball player that they picked up. Yeah, um, I think we'll wrap it up there with Denver Jones. Like I said, keep out or keep an eye out at AuburnUndercover.com over the next couple of weeks. Um, they're going to keep bringing in transportal guys for visits. Obviously, look to land more commitments. We'll have news about kind of the current roster. Failed to even mention, um, even earlier on Saturday morning, uh, the West Flanagan news that had been floating around for a little bit. He ends up not officially departing, but you know, sources can confirm that he is departing for Old Miss. Um, so Auburn basketball is now on the hunt for a new assistant coach as well. Kind of totally glossed over that. Kind of got buried in the news of a very busy day. Um, so just just shortly after um, Denver Jones committed. You, know, you ran over to the arena to talk to him real quick um, in the rain and then came back over because um, obviously A-Day was going on. And it was a interesting one would be the way I guess I could describe it. You already don't usually take much of anything, if anything, away from A-Day. Um, and when you're playing in 
what was very heavy rain before the game. During the game, it let up a little bit, but it was still pretty solid amount of rain coming down. Um, it's completely impossible to take anything away from a day. Yeah, the, you know, you can you can take some things here or there. I think offensive line, um, yes. the continuation of what they've done in the spring, I think that was a, another positive step for them. So I think, you know, there's something there. Quarterback play, that's one where you look at it and go, it, it's just almost impossible to gauge the entire passing game because, you know, you attempt 12 passes in a monsoon, um, you know, and, and, and so you're just not going to do very much in a passing game. So I, I think you look at it and – Overall, um, I thought the execution and uh, the way they ran the offense and defense was probably the best thing. Um, it's easy to get out there and get sloppy. There wasn't a ton of those things. What a ton of turnovers. What a ton of penalties. Um, to me, that was probably the highlight of the day, which meant they were going out there and executing. Um, now, obviously, there's lots of things that are still need to be done for this team on both sides of the football. Uh, but you know, that's a that's a pretty base day, and I think from a from that standpoint, I think you got to feel pretty good about the Auburn offensive line and the running game, and you see the difference. And you know, it, it you can tell it. The difference in having the RPO game and the quarterback read, where you're running, you know, running that actual zone read situation at times. The difference in what you're able to do in running the football is dramatic. Um, it takes so much pressure off being able to just line up and run the football at somebody and knock everybody off the ball when the quarterback is an actual runner. And we saw last year Robbie Ashford added that, but it was really almost all out of the scramble until late in the year when they added the, the zone read back to the offense and you saw what happened in the run game. Well, now you add the zone read, the RPO, and continuing to develop the passing game. And we saw bits and pieces of it, very little of it Saturday. But I thought from 1 to 15 – there were a lot of positive steps. I think Hugh Freeze, you know, said as much on Saturday. Still a long way to go, but um, I thought there were some things to build on for these guys, you know, coming out of these 15 spring practice days. Yeah, I definitely think the biggest thing and the main takeaway from everybody was certainly the offensive line. You know, the play of how Dylan Wade, Gunnar Britton, Avery Jones, those three transfers mixed in. Connor Liu in the mix. Um, obviously, Jeremiah Wright was limited this spring, so that kind of gave Connor Liu an opportunity to get even more reps over there at the guard position. Um, and Tate Johnson missing time as well at guard. Um, both of those guys were held out yesterday um, at A-Day. But um, you have to feel th that's the biggest takeaway I've had the entire spring and what has given me more hope about the Auburn football season this fall is just for as long as I can remember um, over the past several years now, Auburn's offensive line has been – maybe average at best at, at times and usually it's been below average or just plain bad at other times as well um and whether it was Bo Nix TJ Finley Robbie Ashford whoever none of these quarterbacks have really had a fair chance to be able to flourish no matter what the system is no matter what they have around them because they've been running for their life um and that's obviously been something that has been well documented um and Auburn fans have been keeping an eye on for a long time the offensive line recruiting has been um, non-existent for a while and that created some of those issues and you know it, it forced Auburn um, this past portal window to really go heavy along the offensive line and in the high school class as well because of how much of a need they had there and now you're starting to see you know you don't know what 
Auburn has in store at quarterback this fall. Um, you know, we'll talk about portal stuff later on a little bit, but no matter who's at quarterback, they've got a better offensive line where uh, Auburn has a situation where they can actually have something successful for the quarterback, if that makes sense. I phrased that very poorly, but Auburn is building a foundation around its quarterback, whoever that may be. They still need to get help at receiver. Um, they need to get some other guys there as well. And, you know, some guys were limited this sprint, but you've got Rivaldo Fairweather. You've got some other guys behind him. You've got a great um, running back room led by Jarquez Hunter. I think Damari Alston was fantastic during the spring game from what we, from what I saw a little bit. I think Hugh Freeze even said it after the game as well. I wasn't there for the press conference talking to recruits, but I think he said that Damari was a guy that he didn't give enough credit to um, when he arrived for the Auburn job and has really impressed him. Um, you've got Brian Batie. You've got Jeremiah Cobb on the way in. I say all of that to say, Jason, you know, whoever the quarterback is, where whether it's Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, TJ Finley, a transfer, you know, whoever, the offensive line is bolstered. The tight end room is bolstered by Rivaldo Fairweather. The wide receiver room will continue to get bolstered in this portal window. Um, and obviously, you know what the running back room is. So you can see the blueprint for Auburn a little bit. You can see what they're trying to build for this season. Yeah, I think I think the the way to sum it up is 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 that you've put the quarterback position in a chance to succeed, and I don't believe, and I think you agree with me, I don't believe the quarterback position had a chance to succeed last year. I don't think that was a possibility. I don't know that the Auburn quarterback positions had a chance to succeed really consistently um, for the better part of the last five or six years. I think maybe going all back to two thousand seventeen. I think it's been really limited and, and really an uphill battle at that quarterback position since then. Um, still not there yet because you need some help at wide receiver and some things. that. But I do think from a system standpoint, the things you're doing, I think this is a much better opportunity for a quarterback to come in and have success. I just think it's it's a more quarterback-friendly system. And you're right, there's some pieces here with the running game especially. And if you can run a football – and then and then implement the RPO. It puts a ton of pressure on a defense, and so that's you know kind of where they are coming out of spring uh, defensively. Um, Got to get better at stopping the run, but again, extremely base defense, uh, rotating a bunch of different guys, not much blitzing, not much pressure. Uh, they just kind of play you know played that base. They'll continue to add some things to that defensive front moving forward. And I think the one thing there is, can they find one guy? Can they find one stud that says? Hey, I'm fixing to take on the world. Um, that's what it takes to 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 take a, a, really a, an entire defense to another level. You got to have a guy up front that just says, "Look, I'm on, I'm gonna manhandle guys." If Justin Rogers, Marcus Harris, can, can they, Jeffrey Emba, can they find one of those guys between now and August to, to turn into that guy? That'd be huge for this defense. This is Tony Kornheiser show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Yeah, the one other thing I want to touch on defensively, you know, I didn't watch the full game. I was kind of trying to focus on recruiting stuff. Um, but Kay and Lee looked really good from the little bit I got to see yeah. as well. And we've heard hype about him um, all spring since he stepped foot on campus. This is a guy that Auburn wanted so badly, flipping from Ohio State. Um, actually, you know, we'll touch on KJ Bolden here in a little bit. They're really close. And Kay and Lee being at Auburn and saying good things about Auburn is a big reason why Auburn even got KJ Bolden on campus in the first place in March and then got him back for the 8A game. Um, and, you know, Kay and Lee was fantastic out there. You knew the secondary was going to be a strength of this team. Um, and I think DJ James was named the defensive MVP, if I remember correctly. So, DJ James gets defensive MVP. Kay and Lee was pretty stellar out there as well. Yeah, Kay did a great job. I mean, Kelsey Falk, the young guys, been one of those guys this spring. Robert Woodyard, redshirt freshman, has really stepped up his play. So some of those young guys have, have mixed in and immediately taken to this defensive scheme and um, been able to showcase kind of their their abilities. And so, yeah, um, you know, good good start to the to his career for Kay and Lee this spring. Keldrick Falk the same way. Brenton Williams has done a good job. And so some of those young guys have have put themselves in a position to now compete for, to, to get in that play and rotation in the fall. Yeah. Let's get into the, the recruiting stuff now. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the show, it was tough atmosphere for those guys. Um, a lot of the times um, on game days, the recruits go out onto the sidelines before the game. You know, they watch the warm-ups. Um, sometimes they'll get pulled out onto the field to watch the warm-ups from there, meet with coaches, whatever that may be. Um, pre-game might have been when it was raining the worst, actually. Um, so that was very unfortunate luck. Um, talking to some of the recruits, what they ended up doing. The recruits said it seemed like they pulled some of the top guys, um, pulled them into the locker room beforehand um, or the Heisman room or wherever. You know, and Hugh Freeze um, had a meeting with them. Hugh Freeze had a meeting with those top guys and kind of talked with them a little bit. So that was his chance to be able to talk with them. And obviously the assistant coaches um, and the position coaches talked with those guys all throughout the field, the recruiting center, the locker room, whatever. Um, and so the weather impacted the recruiting a little bit. Overall, though, I still think it was very positive. Um, we just talked about him there for a second. I want to touch on KJ Bolden. Didn't get a chance to catch up with him yesterday. He actually ended up having an overnight visit. We're recording this on Sunday. Um, so he stayed over Saturday night, left Sunday morning, um, and he talked with our national guy, Steve Wiltfon, and it seems like everything went pretty well there. Um, talking to Dukes as well, who's connected to that recruitment. Um, Auburn's continuing to make a push with KJ Bolden. Um, he's going to release his official visits at the end of this month. Here he is one scheduled to Ohio State. He's going to release those final four. Um, at the end of the month. And I I would say as of right now, Auburn is going to get an official visit. Duke said the same, you know, before A-Day. Basically, he said, you know, Auburn just can't mess it up this weekend. Um, and it seems like Auburn not only didn't mess it up, but bolstered its chances. Um, and, you know, Jason, we've seen Zach Etheridge pull off some big wins over the past couple of years. KJ Bolden's the number four player in the class, number one safety, number one player in the state of Georgia. This would be without a doubt his biggest win, and it would be pretty tough to top it if Zach Etheridge is able to pull something like this off. 
Yeah, no, you start looking at it and be one of the, the highest rated players that Auburn would ever sign if they were to get KJ Bolden. And, um, you know, I, you look and, and they're getting top targets on campus. That's, that's the goal. And they're doing it with the head coach playing a big part in recruiting as well. And it's, it's had a major impact. We talked to you know, a guy like Cam Coleman, um, you know, wide receiver from Central Phoenix City. And, you know, Cam's a guy like, hey, Hugh Freeze is absolutely the most active head coach in my recruiting. And when he says those things, you can see the twinkle in his eye. It's important. I mean, it's such a big deal. Hugh Freeze has done a great job of being that guy, being very active in recruiting. And, you know, that's pay that's paying off. You know, this staff is beating the bush and bringing in and saying get visit and they're coming back uh, it's not just a one time we might have just lost jason there um maybe had some internet issues a little bit but i'll keep rolling and As we'll try kind of build continue to build these relationships moving forward oh there you are we lost you for a second there jason um maybe a little bit of internet issues, but I think we should be good now, hopefully. Um, but Cam Coleman, you were just talking about him. I don't know if people heard it, um, but the biggest thing with him is, you know, just Auburn's been the school that's really recruited him the hardest. Um, he returned on A-Day. That was his third visit in about two and a half weeks. So if you're Auburn, you know that Cam Coleman is not in a hurry to make a decision. His recruitment has absolutely blown up over the past couple of months, elevated to five-star status. Um, and even though he's not in a hurry to, to make a decision, you just keep getting him to campus as much as humanly possible. Um, and look, the thing about Cam Coleman is, you know, if you pick up another wide receiver commitment from you know whoever, Cam Coleman's not going to be scared off by anybody, and he knows no matter what, he's got a spot at Auburn. He knows he's got a spot basically anywhere um, at any school. So you keep bringing him to campus as much as possible. You keep working on him. Hugh Freeze is going to keep working. Uh, Marcus Davis is going to keep working. Um, but you're just glad to get him back on campus, trying to keep building up that central um, connection a little bit. Auburn hosted um, his 2025 wide receiver teammate, Daylon Upshaw, again on Saturday, hosted his new 2025 offensive tackle teammate for a visit on Friday. Uh, Mal Waldrop, who was a fantastic-looking kid, is just a sophomore offensive tackle. Um, so that's kind of where things stand with Cam Coleman. Jason, one thing I want to touch on, um, and I should have probably led with this in recruiting actually, was you know, Walker White was back on campus. We talked about that. He came down with top 247 defensive lineman Charlie Collins and Courtney Crutchfield, um, the athlete who can play wide receiver or DB. Those guys all arrived on campus uh, Friday, shortly after practice ended, um, and stayed Saturday until after A-Day game. I think they went over to the facility and spent more time over there. Walker was, you know, you guys have seen him on the Auburn Undercover podcast. Just a fantastic young man. Um, he saw, you know, when he was there on Friday, he was handing out what they did was after practice. They catered food outside the football facility for all the players. Um, and we were kind of around there just working, um, talking with the kids who were just leaving. And Walker spotted me um, and made sure to come over and say hi, like almost instantly um, and asked me how I was doing and stuff like that. So that was a note that I put up on the board that I just think it gives you a feel for who Walker White is. And another thing that gives you a feel for who Walker White is on Saturday, see him again. He sees me, you know, he says, what's up? Very next thing he says, Hey, where's Perry Thompson? Have you seen Perry Thompson? Um, I was like, well, I, you know, I just saw him around the field somewhere, but I don't know where he is. Um, and he was on a mission to go find Perry Thompson and try and spend as much time with him as possible. 
the five-star Alabama wide receiver commit who returned for the fourth time um, since being offered on January 11th. Jason, that's another big-time five-star wide receiver, just like Cam Coleman, who we touched on before A-Day. It's 1A, 1B, um, and it doesn't matter who's 1A or who's 1B. Those are your top two wide receiver targets, and it's you know it's huge to get both of them back on campus at the same time. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Hugh Freeze talked about big bodies, big body wide receivers, guys that can go get the football and go up and make plays. That's what both those guys are. And Perry Thompson, you mentioned been on campus a bunch. I don't remember, you know, and Auburn's had visits from a lot of guys that were committed elsewhere. I don't remember as many as we've seen Perry Thompson make in a short time. I mean, he has been – it's not like he's at Opelika. I mean, this guy's from Foley High School down in, on, on the coast, and he's made multiple visits, like you said. And um, it, every time it, it happens, it, you feel like it's closer and closer to, to Auburn really, you know, making making a move here. I think they've made a move already. Um, not in a commitment level yet, but I do think Auburn's made up a ton of ground already. Yeah, that's the thing. It feels like you know Auburn's going to make some sort of big move this cycle. Does Auburn get Perry Thompson? Do they get Cam Coleman? Do they get KJ Bolden? Um, Mike Matthews, I think, is a little bit more of a launch shot, but it feels like Auburn's going to get a five-star this cycle, just in my opinion. It feels like Auburn's going to get one, um, and Perry Thompson is a big one to keep an eye on. Let's touch on a couple more names. We'll stick with an Alabama commit, actually. Sterling Dixon, um, a guy that we've written about for – probably close to about a year now because um, the previous Auburn staff was in on him. He was getting close to committing to Auburn before Big Cat weekend last July, ended up holding off, ended up committing to Alabama on December 1st last year. Um, and now the new staff recruiting him at linebacker. He is an interesting prospect. You could put him at Jack linebacker as kind of an edge rusher, um, or you could put him at linebacker and it's Josh Aldridge that likes him at linebacker. He returned for the second time this spring um, visited earlier in March as well. Um, and he had, again, had really good things to say about Auburn. He said on the record a couple of times now that and we just talked about it. He said, Hugh Freeze is the head coach recruiting him the hardest. Um, and he loves that. And he said that as of right now, you know, Auburn's making it really hard on Alabama and that they're very close. Those were his exact words. Auburn's very close in his recruitment to Alabama right now. I think this is one where this summer is going to be really important. Uh, even this spring, um, Auburn maybe gets a chance to go in and watch him in, his, in the spring and in practice and do some of those things and then, you know, get a visit uh, potentially in June and do some. It could be really important because I think he's a guy that wants to have this thing done before his senior year starts. And he's already committed, but I'm talking about done, done. And Sterling Dixon is a guy that um, there's a connection to Auburn. You know, Robert Woodyard is one of those young guys we talked about on this Auburn defense with their cousins. And so they, they, they close. He came up and watched Robert in a, in a practice recently. And so, um, you know, I think second trip for him the last couple of weeks to see Auburn. And so, uh, once again, another guy that, that Auburn's made huge inroads on. Um, Auburn had, I thought, had a great chance at getting a commitment from him until things went sideways in a hurry last season. I thought if had Auburn shown some forms of life that he would have been committed last year, committed to Alabama instead. Now, can Auburn complete the flip and, and get him? Um, still not there yet, but uh, moving in the right direction. Yep. You just keep getting them on campus. You just keep trying to make a push. Um, one more guy that we'll touch on um, that Auburn made a big push for this weekend to try and jump in the boat. He ends up holding off, at least publicly, um, from committing. You have a tight end from Rome, Martavius Collins, more of an H-back, um, but can shift out. He would, he would really play as more of a true – 
natural tight end that we've a traditional tight end, I should, should say, that would line up next to the offensive tackle um, if he's not playing as an H back. Artavius Collins, the former former Alabama commits. There you go, sticking with the trend here, I guess. Um, but Auburn, he he was hesitant to commit this weekend. He, you know, I think he wants to take things slow a little bit after committing to Alabama. I don't think he wants to jump on board somewhere again quite as quickly. He said he wants to hold off until probably right before his senior season or sometime during his senior season. But he said, look, Auburn's pushing the hardest for me right now. I talked to Ben Agamawa every single day. Um, they made a big push for me today. You know, we talked to him after A-Day. His visit wasn't done then. He went over to the facility to spend more time with the coaches. He's like, look, I know they're going to keep pushing for me really hard. I think I'm going to hold off. But he did publicly name Auburn as leader. He said, look, they're at the top for me right now. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if if he's not an armor commitment by the 4th of July. I, I I just don't know that it'll get past that point. It may happen sooner than that, but it sure has all the feels of a guy that's getting ready to, to do something. Auburn had his mom and grandmother with him on Saturday. That kind of that family feel visit. And you're right. Auburn wants to sign two, two tight ends. They'd like to have kind of that pass catcher, Rivaldo Fairweather kind of hybrid guy, but they also want a classic true tight end that can play on the edge of the defense, maybe shift him into the backfield a little bit, can catch the ball, but can actually be a rock, a blocker in the run game too. And you know, that's what he does. And so I, I think one of these guys, you look at another, another player that they continue to work on, continue to get on campus. And uh, you know, it, it seems to be paying off for sure. Jason, any other guys we talk, I mean, we talked to so many different guys. We talked to Carter Nelson, the tight end from uh, Nebraska, talked to so many different guys, any other takeaways, you know, main recruiting takeaways, takeaways from certain guys, anything like that you left Saturday with uh, moving forward? Yeah, I think probably just just the, you know, the some of that 2025 look at it, where, whether it was, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Malik Altry's already committed and, and Jared Smith coming in. I didn't mention Jeremiah Beeman, but that that's another one yeah. that um, put Auburn in his top 10. Um, that's, that's still a wide group, but and he's been on campus a bunch. And once again, another defensive line that you start talking about, hey, opportunities – Jeremiah Beeman's a guy that could potentially maybe get a shot at the Jack, um, depending on how – but he's a big kid. He's probably 265. Him and – he's kind of a Keldrick Falk kind of guy that might be more of a a, a big end. So, um, you know, just seeing these big body guys from 24 and 25 from the state of Alabama recruiting the state and making a priority. And, yes, there is absolutely one guy that just came to we need to mention, Kevin Riley. Um, that's the first yes. time we've seen yep. Kevin Riley uh, running back from Tuscaloosa County. Um, dynamic. Um, Jamarian Burnett, uh, Jamarian Burnett, excuse me, is is kind of a thunder, and it, that old classic thunder lightning thing sometimes is uh, it's kind of overblown. It absolutely would be the case with this because Kevin Riley is a lightning playmaker, had nothing but positive things to say about Auburn, said he plans to return, would, would more than likely take an official visit. Um, and it's Auburn, Alabama, Georgia. I mean, that's kind of the, the group for him, basically. And so I think when you look at it, that's that's a big one to get on campus for that day, especially a day when you when you line up and run the football and use a bunch of different running backs. Yes, absolutely. And when you have Jamari in there, you know, we went down to talk with Jamari in the day before he committed and get everything ready for him. Um, and you know, some guys, you know, if they're part of a two running back class or something like that, maybe they don't necessarily want to be. Jamarian's bought in. Um, you know, we asked him, we said, Who do you want? He said, point blank, Kevin Riley. That's who I'm going after. Um, and he's tweeted at him a little bit and said some stuff. And so you had both of those guys there yesterday, which 
you have to feel pretty good about the fact that you have Jamari and Burnett there to be able to talk with Kevin Riley. Cadillac Williams is able to sit both of those guys down at once, hash out his plan for how they can you know, bounce off of each other a little bit. So I'm really glad you brought him up because I had honestly forgotten. We talked to, like I said, we talked to so many different guys. It was just an absolute madhouse, a who's who of everybody that was there. Um, and then slip your mind, you know, you talked about Jeremiah Beeman, forgot to even mention Justin Green, that top 80 recruit, the defensive lineman from uh, Georgia over there, had a lot of good things to, to say about Auburn, said they're one of his front runners right now. Um, and so, look, we just touched on, you know, some of the highlights. There were a lot more highlights as well. Um, if you didn't catch that, definitely head over to auburnundercover.com. We've had a ton of stories. We still have some more stories um, on Monday morning that we've got, and we've got some more recruiting news um, trickling out throughout the week as well. So it's been loaded over at auburnundercover.com. Definitely check us out over there. We'll be back sometime this week. You know, I talked about, hinted about portal stuff. I think we'll probably end up doing a whole podcast just dedicated to that. Um, the portal window, they the NCAA kind of snuck it in a little bit. The portal window was supposed to be May 1st to the 15th. I believe it was in December. They voted to move it up. Um, so as of recording this Sunday night, and when you guys hear it Monday morning, the portal window opens up in less than a week. Um, it opens up on Saturday the 15th. And you know, Hugh Freeze talked about it after the game a little bit. Still got needs. Still got needs kind of all over the board. Wide receiver, quarterback, offensive line. You might need a couple of guys. Defensive line, you know, I don't know if you need a defensive lineman, but you definitely need some jack linebackers. Definitely need some help there. Might need a linebacker or two. I think Auburn, I think Hugh Freeze even mentioned they want a safety. Um, so we're going to have a whole podcast dedicated to that later this week. Definitely to make sure to stay tuned for that. Um, outside of that, I think we will probably wrap it up there. Um, so guys, if you're watching on YouTube and you're not already subscribe, um, it's free. It helps us out a lot. Um, and like the video as well. If you're listening to the podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, whatever, leave us a review. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it and leave us a positive review, but definitely leave us a review, um, and let us know how you liked it. Um, we'll catch you guys in the next one.